When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Play Tessie. It is Coop. I'm joined along with Boots on the Ground in Nashville, along with those nice stepping boots, Gordo. And we've got Sammy and Pat also along for the ride. We're midweek into winter meetings on episode 11. The Claydro, Clay Buckholtz, Raphael Devers, and Johnny Peacock episode of Play Tessie, the official podcast of ballpark dimensions that don't make sense also known as the official Red Sox podcast of WEEI. Gordo, what the heck is going on? The hot stove is heating up. I mean, you could say that. It's sort of not. We're actually, like, that's how low our expectations are, is that now that we're hearing about interest, like, we think that that's something. When in reality, like, it's the winter meetings. And what is the biggest news so far? Eric Fetty? Ooh, <laughs> like ooh, he's a sock, ooh. not a red sock, but he's a sock. Yeah, yeah, he's a, technically a sock. If you wanna, if you wanna let the White Sox have that label, which yeah. I'm not ready to do, but oops. But yeah, no, I mean it's it's been a really cool time here. Like crazy, one of the crazier experiences of my life. We're putting in freaking 13, 14 hours at the hotel every day because I got nothing else to do. But how many steps I mean, are I'm, you at? Oh, I didn't even check. I should check on that. I'll check on that somewhere in the middle of the episode. Oh, I, but I can't wait. I'm talking to all sorts of people that I never would otherwise run into, like getting to know some people, like hearing lots. Like there's a lot of cool conversations that happen here and everyone in the world, everyone in the baseball world is here. So it's been a hell of a time. So any scoops? I mean, we we saw that John Morosi tweet about Yamamoto, and like I was sort of hoping that that would begin to like lead to some buzz about. Oh, I was talking not- with you. Have you heard any? You don't have to tell us personally, but have you heard any scoops? I mean, I'm not getting like like I'm not. I still don't have like connections with like direct like front office people with the team or anything, but like I can get buzz around the lobby and like hear what the conversations are and talk to people, get their thoughts. And like, even with that John Morosi tweet, like the thought with Yamamoto still seemed to be with other teams, like the Seth Lugo thing seems to have caught on some steam. And I do think like trading for a controllable starter is a real thing. But like I, I'm still like I've got my guard up on the big stuff. I've got my guard up because I think they might be being used. Ooh, so you think they're you think the Red Sox are like firmly smoke screening right now? No, I wouldn't say that. I just it's just curious to me that that John Morosi could drop a tweet like that, and then I'm sure after he drops that tweet, everyone checks in with their people. Like, what do you have to say? Like, and. You know, for instance, like John Heyman drops the or yeah, John Heyman drops the Seth Lugo report, and you know, a little bit later we get Chris Cotillo saying, "Yeah, I got this confirmed." Uh, 
we got that Giolito report. I forget who initially came out with that one. Um, but then Cotillo confirms that. Like, But with Yamamoto, maybe it's just assumed that they're in. But like we haven't gotten any confirmation from anybody else besides John Morosi that like this is the number one priority. Like this is where their sights are at at the winter meetings. We haven't gotten any of that. So I, I do have my walls up. I don't think they're necessarily smoke screening, but my walls are up. Okay. So with that being said, do we want to get to our uh, our roundup of rumors? Hell yeah. Let's do it. All right. Who wants to who wants to dive in first and introduce the first rumor that they think is important? Well, we started this morning very early with, you know, small time rumor. Red Sox interested in uh, Martin Maldonado. Obviously not the most exciting name. I don't think anyone's uh, going too nuts for Martin. Um, but this is this is kind of cool, in my opinion. This is a guy whose numbers are kind of gross, to be totally, on, uh, to be totally honest. Um, he's 37 years old, I believe. Yeah, 37. Can't really hit much. Had a 66 OPS plus, but he has a reputation for being a guy who, you know, works well with pitching staffs. And this is why the Red Sox hired Craig Breslow. There's no baseball savant, baseball reference. There's no stat that can tell you the value that Martin Maldonado brings. Craig Breslow, a major league pitcher, former major league pitcher, he recognizes, hey, this is a guy who works well with pitchers. This could help our pitching staff. I'm interested. So, yeah, I like it. I think it's interesting. I know people people were like, oh, people hate it. Things, I, but, yeah. I, mean, I, I don't get the attachment to Reese. That's what I don't fully understand. I don't either. That's weird. Yeah. Pat. That's weird. Also, another small, small tidbit. Uh, sorry, Gordo. Small tidbit. Uh, Martin Maldonado hits left-handed pitchers fairly well. Connor Wong has reverse splits. He's better against righties. So, you know, it's a fit. And I think Wong could learn how to manage a staff from a guy like Maldonado. I don't think it says anything about Wong, by the way, that they're looking at a catcher. Wong's still a young guy. so Wong is also yeah, a righty, correct? Yeah, yeah, Wong's a righty with reverse splits, so he actually hits right-handed pitchers better, which is rare. Martin Maldonado is lefties. How would you guys feel yeah. about having two righty catchers when? Because I know that we need a right-handed bat, but it also kind of takes away the ability to throw in a lefty uh, catcher when, like, you don't have Wong, or if you want to have some type of matchup with a catcher. Though you, I would focus more on like the splits of it. Like if Maldonado can hit lefties, I don't care what side of the plate he can hit from. I think as long as you have a catcher who can hit someone who's throwing, I think that's all that matters. Like, I agree. I believe in like a balanced lineup. Like you can't trot out seven, eight lefties every day. But if one of your righties can hammer lefties and the other one can hit righties, I, I don't care what side of the plate they're on. Yeah, the reverse splits from Wong makes the fit a lot better. I mean, generally, I would agree, Coop, with the sentiment. I'd rather like a catcher who can hit left-handed being the backup, like Sandy Leone. Uh, well, he was switched, but, you know, I don't, I don't think it matters much, though. These are catchers, and we're talking about a backup. I, I want a guy who can handle the pitching staff and play good defense. That's what I really care about. So uh, if they go with Maldonado over Reese, whatever. These are, these are small things at the end of the day. Yeah, I, I think the... One interesting thing here with the Sox looking at catcher or supposedly looking at a catcher with Maldonado. And, and obviously this is another report that I want to point out that no one else has talked about after Buster. So like, we'll see. But with catchers, 
it feels like in recent history, most of the time it's like the main catcher gets these guys and then maybe like the ace gets his own guy and that's when the other catcher gets a day off. Like it doesn't feel like catchers play based off of lefty righty matchups. It feels like they more so play based off of who's pitching that day and who does the pitcher like to throw to. So I find it interesting that the Sox, if this report's true, would be targeting a guy where it would look like the plan would be to to platoon them lefty righty. At least just like based off of the splits, like Wong has a 734 OPS against righties and a 501 OPS against lefties where Maldonado against righties is 538 and against lefties is 816. So yeah, it would be weird, but like if both of them have good relationships with the pitchers, both are you know comfortable in that way, then then yeah, by all means. One thing I want to point out because like both are known for their defense, but actually like neither of them is a good pitch framer. Like uh, I think Maldonado was in the first percentile in framing, and Wong was in like the 18th percentile for framing. So that's that's something I found interesting too. That's an odd fact for someone that has a Gold Glove and has caught multiple, well, one no hitter and multiple combined no hitters. Because I would have, I would have kind of thought that like. If you're able to do all that and you're a gold glove catcher, you might be having like the best frame rate, no? It could also just be a bad stat. Those are very, very new stats, the framing stats. I'm not a hundred percent I'm not saying they're not good to use. I just don't like live and die by them. They're they're new and you know, they're gonna be tweaked. And I'm sure in like 10, 15 years they'll they'll have them down to a science. But just, you know, take it with a grain of salt. Those are brand new. Uh, metrics and then we could we could talk about Reese too like what this would mean for him because right now if like if you don't focus on who's pitching to them if you do focus on the lefty righty it's like you have two guys that can hit righties so but if you get Maldonado you have to assume Wong is not the one who's who's going out the door it's Reese and like Reese could make an interesting sweetener because backup catchers who can hit a little bit have value so Decent defense. I think we should mention that regardless of facing lefty or righty, Wong, Maguire, Maldonado, they're going to be batting eighth or ninth, and they're not going to be providing much so, offense. The thing we care about, should care about most, is how they work with the pitching staff and the defense. And at least with Wong, we know that he can control the run game very, very well. So, um, yeah, I, I, I don't want to focus too much on the offense. I just don't. I think it's secondary in this case. Yeah, that's kind of why. I, like, the whole point of prodding that is the fact that I like the reverse split's important, but more so the fact that he's able to work with pitching staff so well. I think is the main benefit of bringing someone like him in, even if Connor Wong will take, and I hope he does take the predominant amount of. I want to say snaps. I'm such in football season, uh, but the amount of starts. Uh, behind the dish uh moving on to the next guy who i'm very happy is no longer on the radar domingo herman he he floated up on the radar what friday night thursday night last week yeah Um, Friday. and i think that was a universal no so i don't know if that was like a trial balloon by the red sox just to be like oh i wonder how this would be perceived by the fans (laughs) no no, no, that's the agent yeah that's the agent Yeah, that was yeah, just everyone I hated. Could that. never see that happening. I was happy Catillo today shot down uh, officially that that was never a possibility. 
Yeah, I mean, I think I can speak confidently for the entire Red Sox fan base that we do not want a guy with multiple domestic abuse issues on the team, not to mention he's not that good. So there's really no appeal. Oh, on but he threw a uh, no-hitter. You forget Perfect about game. Yes. Perfect yeah, he game. Perfect game. He had one good game. How? At the, he had a good day at the office. Good for him. Um, but I will pass. A hard, a very hard pass on Domingo Herman. I would say I wish him the best, but I don't. So, yeah, pass yeah, we could keep this one short. No one no one wants him like if you like the way I see it like if you're going to there's just there's just no reason to take that type of plunge. Like if you're going to take a plunge on someone with that kind of track record, like they better be really freaking good and he's not. So I don't need yeah. It's the agent putting something that, out like, there. You I'm immediately glad it's follow, that's a move you immediately follow up with Otani. Like I, I think that's the only course of action is like you signed Domingo Herman, and then you immediately drop the Otani news. Like that's it's true. How could how could anyone talk about it? You couldn't talk about it. You could not talk about Domingo Herman if they signed Shohei Otani. Your tenure, if you're Craig Brezzo, is there a worse way you can start than your first big move, big ish move, is signing a guy with multiple domestic abuse issues? Like there's no there's no way. I the second I saw that rumor, and I'm an idiot. I knew there was no way that's true. It's Domingo Herman. Come on. Spare me. Shout out Tyler Milliken. And now, yeah. Uh, mm, uh, mm, yeah. Uh, um, move on to the actual starting pitchers that we want to talk about. Uh, which one first? We got Yamamoto news. We got Giolito news. And we got Seth Lugo news, which seems to be the most accurate. So do you want to lead with Lugo? Sure. Um, another one that's kind of simple. He's he's a guy. He's around last year, had similar numbers to like Cutter Crawford. Not super exciting, but not a guy you'd be disappointed to get. I don't know. It's it's like one of the least exciting rumors you can come up with. It's not really negative or positive. It's just kind of like, all right, he'd be he'd be a guy. But if you get a guy like Lugo, then the next guy you get has to be really good. It's not like you get Erod and then another number two starter. It's like that's a three or four starter in Lugo at best. So you really got to follow up with like an ace, either Yamamoto, Burns, something like that. So, yeah, I, <laughs> that's my thoughts on Lugo. Be fine. Yeah, no, I agree. I think Lugo would have to be the first like rock to fall in the avalanche. I think there has to be something that follows him that's bigger than him. Like, I, I don't think anyone would hate signing Lugo. I mean, he threw over 140 innings last year, was pretty reliable out in San Diego. And again, like I've, I think I say it every single week, but the Red Sox need guys who can go out give you 25 to 30 starts, give you 150 to 180 plus innings. Lugo fills that. It's He's not flashy. He's not going to go out and f- strike out 10, 11 guys a game, but he's going to give you a solid five to six innings every time he touches the rubber. And like, I wouldn't hate the signing depending what follows. I mean, if you go out and you get, I won't spoil who we're going to talk about next, but if you go those two guys and then another kind of middling starter, that's, a very lackluster offseason in my eyes. 
You can spoil it. It. I mean, yeah. Might as so well. if you go and you get, Giolito. if you get Lugo, Giolito, and let's say, I don't know, we're say, not even linked, but like Jack Flaherty. Imanaga. Uh, Imanaga, oh. Flaherty, like one of those other like third, fourth tier starters, that is an abysmal offseason. If you get Lugo, you have to get one extremely better pitcher or two slightly better, meaning a Montgomery, Erod, Lugo, or Yamamoto, so and so, Lugo. There has to be, that has to be the bare minimum of what you do to the staff if you sign Lugo. Yeah, it's got to be a big follow-up. I'm yeah. looking at his slider right now, and the variation on like the speed of it is insane. It's its own changeup, basically. Which is like it, like it's like bottomed out slider. at about like seventy-seven and a half, and he's gotten it up to about like ninety-one. It looks like mostly hovering, and there's like two peaks. I'm nerding out on this right now. You have two peaks in the spread of it, really. So. He can get it sitting just over 80, and then he can also have it just sitting below 90, meaning that he can either gas you up or cool you down with the slider, which that's kind of insane to think about. Coop, along those lines, every time I see a like decent to like below average pitcher mentioned with the Red Sox, every single comment is like, put him in the Breslow Bailey pitching factory. That my, just my wanna- brain is warped like that right now. Okay, I'm sure they're great at what they do, but they're not magicians. They're not going to turn. And I'm not saying you think this, Coop. I'm saying in general, they're not magicians. They're not going to snap their fingers and turn, you know, Tanner Houck into Logan Webb. I hope they can, but I just want people to tamper expectations. Once on that. again, it, it it's an example of us having such crappy two seasons in a row where we are looking for any glimmer of hope and we are riding way too much with it. Um, yeah, it's kind of sad. Kind of sad. But if they bring in. <laughs> If they bring in someone like Giolito, I mean, I don't think there's too much tinkering that you really have to do there. So, I mean, who wants to take away the, the Giolito hype? I like his, uh, I like his body. Yeah, he's a thick boy. He's he's a, he's, he's, he's six six. He looks like a starting pitcher. I like that. I'm not even kidding. I like his build. He looks like a guy. He looks like he's, someone that lives in Malden. Like like real Malden, not like yuppie Malden, like real Malden. You think they'll say that in the free agency pitch? Lucas, yeah. you look like you're from Malden. Let us tell you about real Malden. Maybe. You talking about those high rises they just put in? I'm not that type of Malden. No, Lucas. No, no, no. We're talking about townhouses that have been around since like, I don't know, 1860? Yeah, that's my type of Malden. So, Coop, what I actually like about Lucas Giolito, and I know the ERA wasn't great, uh, and the whip was a bit high, but 204 strikeouts and 184 innings pitched. That's at least something to work with. So I like it. I if we can get 2021 Lucas Giolito, I'm all in. Like I'm I'm not really asking for too much price, but if you look at where he's kind of gone since it's been a trend down. Uh obviously 21 would be a better year just because of it's a COVID year. It's a shorter year. Guys kind of got the benefit of the doubt that year if you're a pitcher. Uh, but I I think the old Lucas Giolito is still there and someone that can be a solid three, if not two, in your rotation.
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Like this is a guy who's had a, like a lot more success than people want to give him credit for because he did have that down year. But last year he was good in Chicago and then you uprooted his life and you shipped him to LA and then you shipped him to Cleveland and he struggled. And he would be the first to tell you, and he is telling you, he said it on, I want to say on foul territory, but I'm not positive. I think it was on foul territory that that did have an impact on him. So this is a guy who's a, like a legitimate bounce back candidate. As you guys said, he has the body for it. He gets strikeouts. Like he's a good pitcher and put in the right situation with the right people around him. Like his ceiling is super high. And I, I don't know what, it, what money it would take to get him. Like there's obviously like a price point that's just too much. But like if you can get him at a reasonable price point, like the 70 mil was a little high for me. But if you can get him at a reasonable price point lower than that, I'm I'm all ears on Giolito. I think he's way better than people give him credit. I mean, there's, there's no way he gives up 41 home runs again, right? Like that, that doesn't seem possible. He's projected on MLB trade rumors to do two years, 44 million. So that's it's pretty expensive. It's not, in a heartbeat. Oh, I'd do it in a I heartbeat. I think I would too. I'm just saying it's not going to be. He's not a, a cheap starting pitcher like reclamation project. This is a guy who's only no. what like two years removed from being a guy who got Cy Young votes in back-to-back season. Actually, he got Cy Young votes in three consecutive seasons, 19 through 21. So at least, at the very least, we know it's in there. He has the potential to do it. We've seen it multiple times before. So not my top pick, not really close to my top pick, but I'd be kind of excited to get Giolito. Still yeah, a strikeout like- leader. So I mean, like, not leader of like the pack, but he was in that whole leading group. So it, it's still there. I think bouncing from, what, three different teams, that definitely doesn't, two different teams? Three. Three, yeah. So I mean, bouncing between three different year. teams, starting with the White Sox as the like genesis of your bouncing around, like that's that's not a healthy situa- yeah. situation yeah. for like any player, never mind a pitcher who is going to be more mental. So it's two of those three teams are teams that have notoriously like messy, you know, clubhouse cultures, Angels and White Sox. So I, you know, I'm not giving him a full pass for the down year, but. It's definitely it needs to be taken into account. That was not a, a normal season for any player. I like Giolito, depending on price, but also for one specific reason. So not counting his first two years in the bigs, because the first was with the Nationals prior to the Adam Eaton trade. He pitched six games, whatever. Twenty seventeen, his quote unquote second year in the league, he pitched seven games. So not including the COVID year, he's pitched five full seasons, 2018, 2019, 21, 22, 23. He has never pitched below 161 innings. That is exactly what the Red Sox need. I don't care if he has a low fours ERA. If he throws 160, 70, 80 innings, cool. You have a very good number four or five starter. 
who can legitimately eat innings. Great point. That is a great point. I didn't even consider that. It helped the bullpen. We saw- an innings eater, an innings eater who misses bats and has shown to have a very high ceiling and is still twenty nine. Like, yeah, you wouldn't feel great if he's the best pitcher they get, but like, would anybody be surprised if he came back next year and was top five in the AL in strikeouts and threw close to two hundred innings and had like a mid to high three ZRA? Like, yeah. All right, cool. He's also got a really uh, weird windup too. He like it looks like his wrist is broken. His yeah. glove hand he like bends it so much. You got to you had to be there. But, he has the yeah. Kershaw like the over the, the top. Yeah, the lick. yeah, a little weird. Hurts my wrist. No, I love at. that. You pitchers gotta have like little quirks. Right? MLB did their draft, which we're just doing drafts all year round now, which I guess is fun. Uh, Brock Holt was the Red Sox representative, looking all handsome and in a nice Christmas sweater. Uh, aside from that, I, I don't know too much that was going on. So Sammy, break it down for us. Yeah. You know, it's a little bit disappointing major league baseball. It feels like one step forward, one step back. I think it's great that they do a draft lottery. It's extra content for them. It's extra ways to keep fans engaged, but just the way they did it was so, so classic major league baseball. Let me tell you why. So and this is from sporting news, this information, the Padres, Mets, and Yankees are all in the lottery. But because they passed the second luxury tax threshold, their first-round pick will be moved down 10 slots if it's not selected in the lottery. If either team does land a top-six pick, they will keep that pick and see their second-highest pick fall 10 slots. Revenue sharing is also part of the equation. Certain teams can be ineligible for the lottery, and this year that was the Nationals, So any team that gives money rather than receives money as part of MLB's revenue sharing program cannot be chosen in the lottery in consecutive years. The Nationals, the highest pick they can have is 10th, despite finishing with the fifth worst record in 2023. And this is to prevent tanking. And it's just so, it's so convoluted. It's such a simple concept. And Major League Baseball has managed to make it so confusing. And I understand why. But that doesn't make it okay. Meanwhile, you look at the NBA. They have 14 ping pong balls placed in a mixing machine. Each team is assigned a certain amount of four number combinations based on their regular season record. If you have a worse record, you get more combinations. Better record, less combinations assigned. The machine then will spit out four ping pong balls. If one of your team's combinations is picked first, then they pick first in the draft. If it's picked second, then they pick second in the draft and so on. It's very simple. So while I applaud Major League Baseball for doing a draft lottery, they it's just so convoluted the way they did it. I, I would I would very much like them to simplify it. It's so hard to follow. Um, we were all texting and we were all confused in our group chat and we follow this sport like crazy. It's just, I like the idea. I understand why they have the rules in place. I just think the execution leaves a lot to be desired. It seems like a whole lot of steps to say that Major League Baseball needs both a salary cap and a salary floor. I I feel like that is the easiest solution in all of this. Is that not? Yeah, I mean, you could say that. I was actually, uh, I was talking about this with Craig Mish from like the, like he covers the Marlins. And he was talking about how frustrating it is with the slow market and that's another thing that could just be so easily fixed 
with a salary floor and a cap. And one thing he suggested was if you just had like, I don't just have deadlines, just deadlines for these things. But yeah, I don't know. I feel like if you, if you want to figure out a way to make the draft better, just guaranteeing that those big market, those, those, uh, second threshold teams just guarantee that they can't get in the top six sure. and then the thing gets a whole we lot to go. just guarantee on the bright side here i don't want to i don't want to poo poo the whole thing the royals lost what 115 games last year they, they were, were terrible. 50 games under 500 50 games on under 500 and they're picking sixth despite that terrible record and i think that's good that makes teams disincentivized to tank because you're not guaranteed the top pick if you tank so you might have a record like the Royals, and then you might get screwed in the draft like they were today. And I think that's fine. That's a good way to keep teams from intentionally losing. So it's not all bad. But like I said, the execution was just, it was so, so poor and so typical of Major League Baseball. Like a concept that you could nail easy, like the other leagues do, and you mess it up. My so. question is, is I, I really don't understand the need to hype up the MLB draft. I, it, you're bringing in guys that the fan base won't really see for another couple of years. And the fans that are like, you know, common people at Red Sox Twitter that are fiending over Kyle Teal, like they're going to fiend over Kyle Teal, whether there's a draft for him or not. There's no one else that's going to be added to that recipe, I think, just because there is such a separation between the guy getting drafted or if it's like a rule five draft and them actually playing baseball within the next year. Like it rare, very rarely happens. So the whole marketing strategy behind, Hey, we're going to give these guys a pop to get them invested in baseball, but it's not going to be baseball that they really want to be invested in for another two to four years. That part doesn't really make sense to me. I hear you, but you're competing with the NFL, the NBA and the NHL and all three of those leagues have, very compelling drafts. And I know Major League but Baseball... But those guys are all playing them. right away. That's the difference. Well, I know. I know. So why but, try and, and, and by the nature, By the nature of the sport, you're never going to be on that level. But that doesn't mean you don't try to make it a little bit more interesting. You don't just like give up because you're not going to see the guys for years. They got to... You want to grow the game at all costs. If that means having a draft lottery to get a, you know, a handful more of casual fans... And, and let me be clear. We're not going after the people who like gush over Kyle Teal on Red Sox Twitter. You're going after the people who are kind of sort of into baseball. Maybe they tune in here and there. Those are the casual fans that'll make a difference in your viewership. If you can get some of those guys to watch, guys and gals, great. But like, you, you can't just you can't just say like we're not going to see these guys for years. Let's not try. That's I true. Think anything you can do to grow the game is a positive. I just, yeah, it just I would just go about it a different way. I just kind of look at it as more energy could probably be spent to building up like the winter leagues. In trying to put focus on players going down to maybe even, like not just in Arizona or in Florida, but more so even like the Dominican or Puerto Rico or even Mexico, where guys are going down there. And like we had Bernadito talking about playing in Mexico. And it's kind of like you already have a very exciting product down there. So you don't really have to pay for that much beyond broadcasting rights. And you can even help these leagues get on track to the point of, they're now churning out farm system type quality players like they do in Korea or they do in the MPB and everything's a little bit more above board. So I like, I feel like that's something where you can get 
a bigger audience on board with talent that isn't at the major league level yet. Sure. I, sure. But you could do both. That's true. I mean, Porque no los dos. Yeah. They're not short of manpower or anything. Major league baseball is not struggling for money. You see what these guys make. So uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Disappointed, disappointed. Glad they're trying though, but ultimately disappointed. Go Sox. The best thing that happened today, I shouldn't say the best thing because I feel bad for athletics fans because their team's leaving them. They have legitimately no hope right now. They don't have a single like franchise cornerstone. John Fisher has been big on tanking the last couple of years. And because of that new rule, the athletics screwed themselves. They got boned by the lottery. They dropped picks and now they will pick at best 10th next year. That's yeah. that's that second rule that I read. They're, they're not, and and yeah. I don't hate that rule or anything. It's just the way it's the, actually. The, I kind of don't like that rule. I don't know. I I'm, like I'm it. Torn. I, but it's like, fine. Whatever. You screw your fan base by picking up the team and leaving. You're rolling into Vegas for a stadium that won't be ready for at least three years, and then on top of that, you have nothing. Like you're like the team, the roster, the farm system, nothing. And the worst Fans. part of all of it is I genuinely don't think that John Fisher gives a shit. No. Yeah. He's everything everything wrong with Major League Baseball. Exactly. Is- so yeah. I feel for the athletics fans on like a day like today where they're like because I they're all I would bet that almost all of them are gonna follow them to Vegas in terms of fandom in like nothing to look forward to. So like for owners that care. Today would have sucked, but I would say that John Fisher couldn't care if they picked number four or number 40. If anything, it hurts them for when they eventually get to Las Vegas. Exactly. They're still going to have a dumpster fire of a team. Like They will not win over 70 games for the next five years. It's going to be so bad. But I think that's a lesson to all other owners as like, hey, like, this like our new CBA, our new collective bargaining agreement, it now forces you to put out a better product, which yeah. not only helps the entire league, it also helps you and your your dividends. Like you have a better product, people are going to tune into you, and that is how you get those broadcasting deals, the advertising deals. That is how you make money. That is what FSG did. They came into like as much as people like to clamor that Boston's a big market, it really never was. Like it's a medium sized market and it's just ha- like we just have crappy weather, so people care about their sports a whole lot more because they don't have other distractions. But it, like, they had to build up into what Fenway is now, and Fenway's still they're doing their very best to make every buck that they can, and they're doing it because you know, they're pricing people out of their seats and whatnot. But they had to build to that point, and hopefully, I think as much as we're saying like this draft sucks, that you know the A's suck, John Fisher sucks. It's hopefully that down the road, like 10 years from now, Major League Baseball is a better product all around. Yeah, yeah. fair. Well said. Thank you. It was poetic. Thank you. Um, with that, enough said? Enough okay. said. Enough said, dude. Um, who wants to go first? I vote Gordo. I'm cool with that. Gordo, go first. Mine's just a quick one, just a funny story. So I, I'm I'm with a couple of guys here, and they're they're job hunting in in baseball. They've both, or there's three of them, and they've all been video guys, and they all met with the Brewers. They've all worked oh, uh, in their minor league video department, and they're 
Yeah. And so they're all interviewing with all sorts of different teams. Like it's crazy how many different teams these guys talk to trying to get jobs. But it's a whole thing here. Like that's half of what these meetings are for is for that stuff. But my buddy is uh, doing an interview with the Cubs. He's at like just like a cafe or something mm-hmm. sitting in a chair. Bruce Wayne type beat. Gets. Yeah. So he's literally in mid answer to an interview question and a large gingerbread man walks up behind him and starts massaging his shoulders. <laughs> what? Wait, and what's yeah, the, he mis- he what's the gingerbread man's thing? name from uh, the giant gingerbread? Not not Gingy, but the super big one from Shrek. Oh, oh, I don't recall. That's a tough one. Someone loved- I actually don't... A super big one? I remember the yeah, little guy. Yeah, there was guy. Gingy, but then there was the really big one. Mongo. Shrek 3. Mongo. 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 I don't oh, remember that at all. Rush up but on yeah, your, I guess it was that guy. Gets a giant flaming gun gumdrop thrown at him. Like why? 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 Why did this happen? <laughs> yeah, I'm. I I don't know why it happened, but he rubbed his shoulders, gave both of them a high five. Are there a and lot of Christmas away. things going on at the thing. Gaylord Opry? Yeah, there's definitely. I mean, there's. I mean, this place is. Oh, it is over Whoa. the top, and so there. Yeah, there's a bunch of Christmas. It's like a Christmas wonderland in a lot of different places. I think they have their own section that is like Christmas wonderland. Gordo. So maybe they were doing the interview. I there. have a theory. What if? This was like an undercover boss situation. And the guy in the gingerbread suit was, what's his name? Tom Ricketts, the owner of the Cubs. And he was massaging your buddy to see how he reacted. And if your buddy was hostile, he would take off the gingerbread mask and be like, sorry, man, I own the Cubs. You don't get the job. But if he was friendly and was like, are you okay? No, thank you. He'd be like, I like your compassion. You're hired. That is something the Ricketts would do. They're, They're a weird bunch. It could be like a, it could be like a, just see how you react. Like, you know, you, you could ask the question, like, what was the sticky situation you were put in and how did you react? And you could hear their story that they put together the night before, or you could just put one of your colleagues in a gingerbread costume and throw the sticky situation in his face and see how he reacts. That's what's going on. Are you on. doing yes. interview preps with your boys? No, okay. no, no. I'm just saying like, you, like... Wait, Coop, you've you've gone into job interviews and like you've prepared no. answers for like, oh, like what was a piece of adversity you've had? You don't prepare answers I for that look question? into the actual company and I look up all their core values and whatnot or projects that they've done in the past. And I just talk about that. I like I make I turn the conversation on the company. I'm like, yeah, these are all really cool things that I would like to be a part of. And I've been part of different things like this in the past. So you have never. I hate interviews because I don't like talking about myself. I always turn it into like an interview on the person. I just like this is a conversation now. I don't know if that's right. That's what you're supposed to do. Okay, no, that is right. That's what you're supposed to do. I'm just surprised you don't have like a pre-thought of answer because like that question can kind of suck if you don't have. No, no, no. By the time I'm like, do you want to come work for me? That's how I take interviews. (laughs) I love it. Pick on the job market. I think I've already predetermined this in my head. It's the stupidest thing I could probably do, but in my head, like it's gonna it's gonna go over well. When if I am asked what my biggest weakness is, I'm literally gonna sit there for about like ten seconds and just go probably my calves. And if that oh. doesn't go over, oh, if that you're doesn't also go doing over, physical therapy stuff. You- 
I'll, it's kind of yeah. wild you've never been interviewed for a job. I kind of no. hate that. I yeah, yeah. I despise that so much. What's the worst answer to that? The worst answer you can give? I feel like they're like, what, what's what's a weakness you have? And you're like, <laughs> my biggest weakness is I'm a perfectionist. Yeah. <laughs> I care too oh, much. I care I care too much. <laughs> I care too much. I care too much. I gave, I think uh, for my current job, I said, I get frustrated with poor communication, but in my role, this is something that I can help improve, which is true. That's so. oh, good answer. Good. I hope there are, I hope there are a little good college answer. Tessie heads out there right now, taking down notes before they head into their internship interviews or, or work interviews, learn from our mistakes. They're uh, not, they're not Tessie heads, man. They're, they're, they're playpen members. Playpen members. No, nah, I, no, Tessie <laughs> heads belong in the playpen. Are you in the playpen? It's about winter weekend. Let's go up to people and say, you in "Are you playpen? in our? Are you in? Are you in our playpen or the playpen?" <laughs> so I creepy. I love that. Uh, I guess I'll I'll go next. Um, so I made a bit of a video yesterday out of frustration, where I was like, "Hey, how come the Dodgers get everything? Mookie Betts is moving to second base. The Red Sox need a second baseman. They're now also able to rumored." to possibly be able to pay Shohei Otani. How can they do all these things? Why aren't the Red Sox able to do these things? John Henry, I was promised that you were going to come out and spend. What's the deal? Turns out uh, Dave Roberts is a big old idiot. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> he That was a bit of karma. Like I, was, I had a crappy day yesterday. I had this baseball news come down on me, and then the baseball gods, they were like, we're going to give Coop something nice today. And it's going to be in the form of Dave Roberts losing a brain cell overnight. And he forgot the first rule of Shohei Otani club. Anyone know the first rule of Shohei Otani club? You don't talk about Shohei Otani club. That's exactly don't right. Keep your damn mouth shut. He talked, Dave Roberts just came out and was like, yeah, we talked to him two days ago. It was great. Uh, he was just like, yo, Dodger stadium. That's pretty late. Wasn't actually saying all this, but Dave Roberts said that everything went well. And, instantly instantly all of dodger front office their their gm gomes you tight lip didn't want to talk about it in the first place people just saying i don't understand why these things will come out it was oh it was right, glorious according to, the, according to the people on the ground like the pr team swarmed dave rob the dodgers pr team swarmed him right after that and gave him a firm talking to so. it, it was just it's awesome. So are the Dodgers out of the running? Are we now taking this serious where rumors are like if if you talk about Shohei Otani, you were officially out like it. Could the Dodgers come down and be like, hey, here's six hundred million dollars guaranteed Shohei. Is he no, saying they're going to no? get Shohei. No, they're going to get If Shohei Otani doesn't go to the Dodgers because Dave Roberts said that they enjoyed their meeting with him, that is that would be the most re- that would tell you that would just that would ruin my vision Ultimate of that guy takes that, it just would be the dumbest thing ever yeah he's going to the dodgers i've been saying this for a year now he's going to be a dodger i don't think there's any other team that's close to as good of a fit he's you're not letting your guard down my god he's not getting let down dude i'm keeping that. it i hate that dodger, we need you dude, we need cool. you to do that but holy moly so obvious. no going Three, back to yeah. sammy though i think since i read that report earlier in my head the Dodgers PR team swarming him is like 15 guys in black suits and sunglasses throwing a bag over his head and throwing him into a van. I'm making, like, the, if, I'm making, uh, this is going to be the play Tessie uh, cover art for 
for please this do because like in my head like when just a conglomerate of men black suit sunglasses earpieces surround dave roberts a burlap sack over his head and he is hoisted into the back of a van i think i'm, tomorrow, I'm typing this out now do it now do it because i think tomorrow they'll have a new manager they're just going to be like sorry guys <laughs> Dave Roberts was walking back to his hotel in Nashville in a UFO beat down and actually took him to Mars. They're just not going to acknowledge him. It's going to be like, who's Dave Roberts? What? Yeah. What steal? What are you talking about? It's going to be like, we would like to introduce our new manager. And it's like Jeff Dunham with a Dodgers puppet just talking. (laughs) And just. He's not not funny at all. He's not. I cannot believe. The best part of the whole thing, though, is you – there's a four-second break because he says, well, thinks about it, knows he's about to just throw up all over himself and goes, you know what? I'm not going to lie to you. We did meet with yeah. Shohei. It went great. He's our number one priority. Everything <sighs> that Shohei told teams not to say, Dave Roberts said it in about a 20-second span. It, it was he's incredible. trying to get fired. And then you have Brandon Gomes and Friedman being like, we were genuinely shocked and we will not comment on particular free agents. This is George Costanza. Yes, yeah, that's exactly what I was about to say. It's when Costanza drags the trophy around in the parking yeah, lot. Yeah, this is Curb Your Enthusiasm, like MLB. Like Larry David would do something like this. I, I love that you just went instantly to a show that Larry David – like. We were just talking about a Larry David bit, and you're just like, yeah, Larry David would write about no, this. No, I know. I'm like agreeing. I can't. <laughs> like, that is just a scenario in which is so ridiculous and so perfect for TV that I can't even imagine. I can't believe that was a natural thing that occurred. I, like if, I if am there were to blown be a veep, away. A veep of baseball, that's something that would be written out. It, it's insane. I. I've been thinking about it nonstop. I can't, I don't know what possessed him to talk about Shohei. I mean, I I couldn't keep that a secret. I would be the worst manager of all time if someone were to come down and be like, "Hey, you're going to be coaching Shohei Otani." I would tell the world. I understand I Dave leave. Roberts. I'm as dumb as Dave Roberts, but I understand him. I would leave like a breadcrumb trail. Like if I was asked about Shohei directly, I would say like the go-to umbrella term. We've been in talks with every single top free agent and leave it at that. Because that just says yes without saying yes. He goes, he's a really cool guy. We had pizza at Dodger Stadium. We we were knocking back Saki. Really you could see, Dodger he, Blue. You could I mean you couldn't believe how much beer this guy put back. He's the ultimate chill. He's the best hang. Insane. Gone. I I'll be thinking about this for days. Man. So all right, I'll move on to uh, to my enough said. Uh, there was a rumor, I believe it was yesterday, I forget who it came from, uh, that said Shohei Otani is actually considering a return to the Angels, which I think we can all agree would suck, mm-hmm. would be very boring, and would be bad for baseball. But I have a spin. This would be the first time that the entire baseball world outside of Anaheim is in agreement that on anything. I think everyone would be like, John this Fisher. sucks. That's uh, not nah, even John Fisher would be like, man, I knew it wasn't coming to the A's, but this is boring. I'm bored. I'm John Fisher and I'm bored. I think that it would be 
so bad for baseball. It would be such a like wet fart kind of choice by Shohei. Everyone would be disappointed and we'd all be on the same page for the first time ever. So Shohei has a chance to unite the entire baseball world in negativity. Isn't that beautiful? I hate that. (laughs) Me too. I hate that so much. (laughs) Do you guys remember? Do you remember when like Kobe Bryant died and like the entire country was like united in like sadness and like oh god we yeah, have to no, have a I was, appreciation I was upset for about number people in our lives Kobe. like this would be this would be this would be like the anti that like everyone's just united in hate yeah every everyone would i'm sure some angels fans would even be like what what are you doing uh i didn't consider them there's not enough sorry i said i said everyone outside of anaheim that would be 29 out of 30 fan bases would all be like, this is so crappy and boring. Also, I feel like a lot of Angels fans are similar to Patriots fans where they're actually Tom Brady fans or they're actually Shohei Otani fans. and They're just going to follow him wherever he goes. Maybe, um, yeah. So yeah. In California. Certainly the Japanese market of uh, of. Yeah. Angels fans would not stick around the Angels while Otani th- goes over. Do you think across town to LA Japanese fans of Shohei that just want to root for him? If he goes back to the Angels, do you think they would be upset with him being like, "Why we want to see you win a World Series, dude? What are you doing? Like we yeah, we want to see you compete. You're hurting us through this." Yeah, yeah, maybe yeah, they'll still love him, but like, how could you not be? That would be the most. Boring thing. Of, this is the biggest free agent ever. Can we all agree? Biggest yeah. free agent ever. And he goes back to the same team that sucks. Fuck that. That sounds awful. <laughs> That's so boring. Grow the game, Shohei. Fucking. Um, anyway, yeah, here's a chance to unite us in negativity. It's beautiful. All right. Pat, did you get your enough set out? Yeah, mouse Dave Roberts thing. But. Oh. So. Oh, go ahead. Do you have something? Do you. Yeah, not really enough said, just super weird. So Aaron Boone has kind of been on the Dave Roberts drugs where he's just kind of spilling on specific free agents. So Aaron Boone said that they that he has met Yoshinobu Yamamoto, plans to meet with him again soon, and that he would look great in pinstripes. An hour later, Brian Cashman said he has never met Yoshinobu Yamamoto. Yeah, what? hell yeah. How does that even make sense? Is this like that. from That's the wild. same reporter or? Different reporter, but that's, okay. a quote I from think Cashman. Maybe... that's a quote from Boone, but Cashman is on video saying he has never met oh. Yamamoto. It's, it's just weird because Cashman wouldn't be like he's a nuts on the table kind of guy especially this offseason like he's not going to be a guy that's going to lie he also didn't like say... he was talking adamantly about soto he was talking about like oh yeah soto's like they he was like talking about soto as if he's already a yankee like, well boone was too so, boone's like we're really we're trying really hard to give you guys something to talk about like early onset dimension so, no guys but the weird the weirdest part him. of that whole thing though is cashman said i have not yet met Yoshinobu Yamamoto immediately followed with direct comments about Yoshinobu Yamamoto. Like, he would look great in pinstripes. He's a great frontline starter. This isn't a diamond in the rough, blah, blah, blah. But Boone's like, yeah, man, cool guy. Like, look forward to seeing him again. That's just some disconnect. That's very strange. Well, either way, 
Cora today being like, yeah. yeah, I FaceTimed with Boone. And yeah, he had a, he had a smirk on his face the that whole time. Something as big is going down that. there. Hated that. So yeah, that's scary. Maybe that's, that's Cora kind of like of me. I'm, I'm just waiting for them to get Soto. I was going to make. He knows. Uh, he knows it's happening. Yeah. I, maybe he's just trying to. They're I would admit, like, I'm kind of hoping people are leaking fake stuff now. Where players are like, hey, I can't believe they would leak this, even though it's just it was like a false report all along. I would love for that type of espionage to be going on, which brings us to I we we need a we were t- like talking about this at the beginning. Um, no one brought it up for their enough said, so I guess it's a collective enough said. Uh, show his privacy, respect it, honor it. Some reporters no. are out on it. Sammy, no, no, no. It, it's weird. It's so lame. Like I, he, people are going to be like, he doesn't have a right to his privacy. No, none of these other guys do. I know he's great, but like you're a public figure. This is this is part of being a free agent. This is fun. It's not supposed to be like, oh, you can't tell anyone. It's top secret. Bro, it's baseball. Have some fun with it. Like get people going. This And people are going to go, because Buster only wrote the article saying uh, that it's like a missed opportunity for baseball. I totally agree. And people are going to say, oh, he's just mad. He's got nothing to write about. Of course he yeah, is. That's how it's this whole thing job. works. Why would he not be upset about it? He's, it's it's less content for baseball fans to consume. It's less for reporters to write about. I think it sucks. And no, he doesn't have a right to just be like, oh, I'm the one guy who's going to be secret. And, and, and I know the response is going to be, well, he's the best player ever. So what? So I think what? it drums up he's more news. Huh? I think it drums up more news and brings so much more attention to it. Do you no, know? It, it, I feel like there's going to be so much thing. attention. The regardless. fact that Same it's thing such a mystery, like, 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 it keeps everyone's attention to the fact that like this is the Otani sweepstakes. Like that, there's a reason that's a common term right now, and it's because every city, but if you barring Lewis, would be, John Fisher, athletic. Do you Las know? Vegas. Do you know the viewership? That LeBron James's the decision got on ESPN. Can yeah, you imagine exactly. if he did anything remotely close no. to that? This is this is like no, no, Ed Hand no, no, saying no, no. that You'll like make- Shohei Otani is the biggest athlete in the world. Let's chill out. It's still baseball. Like I love baseball. Let's let's take a chill pill. He's still huge though. He's big for our sport that we love and like. I don't know. And, and Coop, I hear what you're saying. Like, it's fun, but it's the same thing over and over. It's like, oh, this might be a leak. Like, yeah, that's cool for like a that few would days. But I would okay. like. He's above board. He says, I've met with the Dodgers. Now what? What's what's the story from that? What more do you Dodgers know about the, I want to hear who else he's meeting with. The Blue Jays. Imagine if that came out. It's like, oh, my God, nobody suspected them. And then he's meeting with the Cubs, maybe. And then maybe the Sox, Coop. If, if Shohei Otani, if there was a rumor, Shohei met with the Sox. Are you telling me do you think, that you would on. not have to change your pants? Do you think when Craig Breslow says, we have met with all the high market free agents out there, do you think that includes or does not include Shohei Otani? I don't know. I'm just Would you guessing. like it to include Shohei Otani? Of course. Okay, so you can just hope on that. You can look at that piece of information and say, I, I would imagine that they interviewed Shohei Otani. How is that any That's different boring. than... If you know that the Red Sox met with him, what is that clearing up? I think it drums it's, it's, up. I think it drums up more news when certain teams are or are not interested. Like, sure, the mystery true. of it's cool. Like, oh god, like I hope the Sox are in on it. If a report came out that was like 
Shohei just left Atlanta. People are like, what the hell? The Braves? And then yeah. on the flip side, oh, it's like the Cubs the Cubs and Rangers have no interest. You're like, why the hell would they want – like there are separate – like it's a storylines coming from this where the Shohei thing, as of right now, 30 teams are in and it's just like it's a waiting game. Like it's boring because everyone's assuming their team's in on it. I love it. I love it for the fact that it just like creates a whole bunch of, I guess, like anxiety amongst the ownership and front offices because like you have Gomes being tight lipped. You have Dodgers PR rushing, you know, Dave Roberts out of a hotel lobby. It, it, like, yeah, it's striking. I guess that's fear. the one good thing. But it, we got one good. It is unique. I'll give yeah. you that. It's unique which is different. So that's the one saving grace. And we did get the fun Dave Roberts thing today, but I just feel like, I mean, what was the most talked about thing on Red Sox Twitter today? Is the Red Sox are back in on Yamamoto. We finally got a Seth rumor. Lugo. We all uh, And Seth Lugo. But yeah, man, I mean, if it's just more exciting and people go like, oh, I don't like rumors. Like this is like the weakest kind of rumor. It's like, maybe they met. Maybe they didn't meet. See, don't but I don't get anything. it. Like I... I like knowing that when I do hear a rumor, unless it's coming from like Shohei Otani's camp, which it won't, it's likely the team leaking that out or someone else leaking that out. And you know instantly that, hey, they just got burned a little bit. I can now kind of cross them off my list. And there's X amount of teams now that have a better chance of getting Shohei Otani. Like the fact that the Red Sox have not talked about it, I can still have a little bit of optimism that, hey, there's there's a bit of a chance Shohei Otani is still lingering. And it, I said it to you guys. I like it from Otani's perspective. I like it from the player perspective because the player now knows that whoever he signs with is ride or die. Like if they stayed silent, like that's some, what is it? Omerta, Omerta, whatever the, Omerta. yeah. Yeah. Like you don't, you don't say squat. You're not a rat. It's like departed. You see the little rat running across the railing. None of those in Boston anymore. And why? Because Shohei Otani is going to become the Boston Red Sox. Would Shohei Otani eradicate every rat living in Boston? He's going to be the new St. Peter. Or not St. Peter, uh, St. Patrick. Oh, what a good Irish Irishman I am. Messing <laughs> that up. Um, right. yeah. I have one last thing. To Where the hell are our annual Scott Boris quotes? We already got them. Oh, it's tomorrow. It's tomorrow? It's, it's tomorrow? It's tomorrow. I think it's Beautiful. coming tomorrow. Right. I was told it's happening tomorrow. Today, if you're listening on Wednesday. Yeah, right. today, today, if you're listening. Right, cool. Perfect. Every night, like every year, I look forward to it because. Me too. I was wondering. It's like a lingual acid trip. I don't know what this man is saying, but it's always gold. So. Lingual acid trip. Look at that. Gordo, can you this do something like crazy during it? Yeah. Just like. <laughs> what do you want? Do you want me to like. Can't scoff. No, 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 no. Show like, up shirtless. You, oh, no, you, act like it's normal. <laughs> no shirt. No, just, like, you can't you, be something like insane. Talk. Like, what if you just had? What if you had a booger, like a giant booger, and you were just set up right behind him? Or like you keep it's like a fake one, and you and like, like wipe like, it, and it just gets all over your face, but you keep talking as if nothing happened. Like something, oh, Nathan. I thought you, you wanted. Yeah. I thought you wanted me to like flick a booger. No, no, no. At him. You're saying just like have a big boogie yeah, in my yeah. nose, or like have like wet pants. Here's yeah, yeah. That's kind of what I was gonna say. This is just like you put like this isn't anything to Boris. This is just embarrassing me. Oh, listen, you gotta take one for the team. You're the only one down there. If if I was so down there, Gordo, I would be doing this. Gordo, I I'm going to now 
demonstrate what I need you to do behind Scott Boris when he's live on TV. I'll narrate. Like I'm moving my lap. I'll narrate for you, Pat. All right, he's still sitting there. He's all right. He, I think he's tangled up in his microphone. All right, Pat's standing up. He un- he off. muted himself. What an idiot! I went to unplug my charger. I unplugged my laptop like a big. He's wearing idiot. a Surf City sweatshirt, but I've never heard of this guy surfing once in his life. I don't even think he's been to a good beach. Okay, Gordo, this is what I need you to do behind Scott Boris on national television. I need you to be shirtless for this. Just picture it. I'm going off screen. I will be walking in. All right, here we go. So Pat's standing up straight now. Um, He's walking across, hunched over, (laughs) rubbing his belly like the hunchback of Notre Dame. Oh, my God. (laughs) With toilet paper, like, hanging from your shoe. Put this on the internet. This is great. So my only issue... Pat, if that that happened to me, if if I did that, the Dave Roberts abduction would happen to me on my way back to the Airbnb. Oh, yeah. I would have the scooped up by national agents fast. Gordo, what if you went to like a like a, a gag store, like a party store, and you got like a ton of fake blood and just covered yourself in fake blood and then proceeded like there was nothing, nothing wrong? wrong. Just slowly like starts it. trickling out of your mouth. You're like doing a, a media <laughs> hit. You're in the scrum, but you're just like covered in blood, like nothing <laughs> has happened. Dressed as a PETA protester, like leaking. No, because you have you have Rob's mic, correct? If you put yes. one of the blood packets in your palm. So every time you went up to interview someone and you put the mic out in front of them and you crush the packet as you put it up. So slowly as they're talking, they just see blood start trickling down. I think that would be fantastic. I need to do That'd that. That would be so you, good. You like, like subtly acknowledge it. You'd be like, sorry, I got some on me. And you like lick your wrist. You're like, hmm. Mm, strawberry. Okay. Ugh. This oh, is horrible. But you got to act like nothing is out of the norm. Just yeah. You're just like, sorry, I'm Mm-hmm. It's covered in blood. <laughs> Happens. Just some suggestions. Don't feel like you have to do all of them. Yeah, yeah I'm taking. Yeah, yeah. I'm taking all of your suggestions into your account, into account, and I will select the best few. And uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll see me hunched back, shirtless behind right, Scott anyway, Boris. I trust you. Okay, I think you're serious. I trust you. Right. So serious. that has been Gordo, Sammy, along with him. Pat's combing his hair, looking all handsome, looking at that jawline, and then there's me. We're all just talking socks, having fun, trying to figure out what's going on during this offseason. Hopefully, by the time that we talk to you next on Friday, or if Gordo drops a little something special uh, on Thursday, maybe there's little nuggets that come out. Maybe we have an emergency meeting. All right, and just like that, we have a nugget. Um, As soon as we stopped recording, a little background info for the fans out there, um, I would say within 10 minutes, Jeff Passan tweeted that... The Red Sox made a trade. Uh, it, it was at 9.08 p.m. Friday or Tuesday night, um, December 5th. Might as well just fully time mark it. And it says, breaking, the New York Yankees are acquiring outfielder Alex Verdugo in a trade with the Boston Red Sox for right-handers Richard Fitz, Greg Weissert, and Nicholas Judas. Sources familiar with the deal tell ESPN. All right, Craig Breslow. Get the milkers out, boy. I mean, I, I couldn't really tell you too much about the three guys here. I, Greg Weisart, is, is it Weisert or Weisart? Weisert. I think it's Weisert. Weisert. He, he was up and down. And I, if I recall, and we, we just hopped on so fast, I haven't gotten a chance to look. But the way I remember him was he crushed it in the minors, and in the majors, it just didn't 
it didn't work, but he was crushing the miners. He went on, uh, he got pretty popular from uh, Pitching Ninja because he has some like crazy wipeout slider. And he, he's like a one inning reliever guy, but six years of control and two options can't hurt. Not thrilling, but he's, it's also kind of cool. He's from New York and went to Fordham. So he's officially joining the dark side. Welcome aboard, buddy. We're much cooler. The Yankees gave up on him. You can grow a beard here, Greg. Why, sir? Okay, so in 2021, in in AAA and AA, he combined for a 1.64 ERA. In 2022, in AAA, he had a 1.69 ERA. But his major league numbers have not been good, and he's entering his age 29 season. the The yeah. big part of the deal is is Richard Fitz. He's he's the one real prospect there. But I think we should start with the Verdugo part of this because it's fascinating that this guy is about to shave his beard, go to New York play for the Red Sox biggest rival. Like this guy is going to have like so much revenge in him. Like the storylines involved with Verdugo on the Yankees, just they're, they're endless. And he's a great quote. Like he's going to say all sorts of crap. Yeah, it's cool. The Yankees, uh, what they've been around for well over a hundred years and they finally have a guy with a personality. So that's kind of cool. I think that um, he actually fits them very well. Uh, left-handed, good defender. You know, we liked, I, I think we all liked Verdugo when he was here. He he very clearly kind of checked out at the end of uh, 2023. He was dealing with some personal issues. His grandmother passed away. So uh never want to see that. But I mean, if I'm a Yankees fan, unless you were really expecting Juan Soto, I think they should be excited. This is a, he's a good ball player. We say what you want about him. It's a solid, solid ad for the Yankees as much as I hate to say it. But uh we, uh, we wished Doogie, uh, Good health. I guess. And uh, just adding this, this stuff. I don't. This stuff, this stuff is developing as we're doing the podcast, but Andy Martino reports that the Yankees are still in on Juan Soto. And Jim Bowden suggests, he tweets, don't be surprised that the Yankees now try to spin Verdugo in a package with King and Thorpe to the Padres to try to land Juan Soto. I hate so that. If, if um, we were talking about this. Sox, yeah, what, one, one other thing about uh, Verdugo before we kind of – uh, see who the Red Sox got is he frees up an estimated 9.2 million. Uh, so probably means nothing, but that's more, uh, more Yamamoto money or Otani money. If you're coop. Wait, also did, worth, also worth we, mentioning uh, the Morosi tweet coinciding yep. with the announcement also said the Sox are, or have been showing interest in Lourdes Gurriel. What? So not my favorite. Fit wise, I get it. It's essentially Verdugo with a little more pop. Um, I hope the plan now is not in outfield of Lourdes Gurriel, Jaron Duran, and William Abreu. I think they absolutely have to add an outfield bat at this point. I'm just yeah, kind of. I, I just keep reading through everything right now. Um, same. I'm personally like I. I'm not that big on Guriel. I, I would have hoped that if they were going to deal Verdugo, that they would be aiming higher with their with their outfield search. But it, like I just it, I'm so nervous that they're about to just invest one of these classic like three or four year deals that end up that ends up looking bad right after year one because the guy cashed in. He's almost thirty or he is thirty, and it just like falls apart from there. I hope it's not that. Like, I don't know. We're going a little further, assuming that Guriel's I- coming, but. I don't know if anyone else has had this thought yet, but this is huge for Willie Abreu. 
I mean, this is like a huge yeah. boost in his confidence that the team is willing to put more stock in him than they are willing to in Verdugo. And this is something that we talked about at the end of the year where when we were saying, you know, what might happen with Verdugo and we were saying like, Willier Brayu is kind of the guy that you might want to bank on going forward. And Craig Breslow clearly feels that way too. Uh, I mean, right now they have three left-handed bats. It's Yoshida, uh, Duran and and Willier. So it's does that mean anything for Duval? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I think it decreases the chances because, well, I shouldn't say that. To righty I'll bat, focus, I'll focus on Abreu. I think I think you're right. I think this is a show of confidence in him. I mean, you could put him in all three outfield positions. You know, I mean, ideally he doesn't play center, but he can handle it. We've seen it. So, I mean. I hope Thick Willie gets more playing time out of this. I don't know. I mean, I'm kind of confused. This is our first emergency podcast we've ever done as a group. So, um, yeah, we're kind of just gathering the information. Kind of interesting tidbit. One of the guys that the Red Sox got, Nicholas Judas, is a uh, six foot eight, two hundred thirty pound, twenty two year old. So he's a moose squat. And now he's uh, squats. These are all big guys that they got. Like this, this trade, it, it definitely is about Richards, who, according to Baseball America, had the best control of any pitcher in the AA Eastern League this year, according to league managers. 60 grade fastball, too. That's what Breslow likes. Good control, good fastball. You could make an argument that he's the, like the only high minors prospect the Red Sox have that is like projected to be a starting pitcher. Cause like Perales, I think he's a, closer or a relief pitcher wickelman if you've ever watched wickelman gonzalez pitch the windup is a little bit all over the place he'd kind of have to tighten that up if he wants to stay healthy and log 150 plus innings so richard fitz man i mean this by the way credit to pat brown this was one of the guys you mentioned coming to the red sox in a verdugo trade a while back and i was like who the hell is dick fitz so maybe pat knows his stuff folks yeah i'm a big i'm a big dick fitz guy um no, he, you fitting in with Dick, huh? He, so what you're doing, you're fitting right in with Dick. I think I don't think it's crazy to think that Richard Fitz slides into the back half of the top ten of the Sox farm right now. I think it's so, that ten to twelve range. Because right now, ten I believe is Yoelin Cespedes. Yeah, right, right around there. Yeah, I think he'll be ten or eleven. I mean, Yoelin Cespedes, we we barely. He's seen nothing so far. Yeah, Yeah, he's a projection guy. He could be, I mean, 12th with the Yankees. So Red Sox farm is weird because the top 10 is is very good. And then there's a huge drop off. Like after 10, there's a big gap. So I think Fitz will be 10 or 11. I'd probably put him 10th. So I I have a a report from someone who actually scouted Fitz uh, this year. And uh, the report is he's a plus body, above average athlete. Just a very sound force starter with a high floor, durable body, above average command and execution, three good pitches. Hard to not envision him in a rotation, in a bigly rotation. Um, yeah, uh, may have a higher ceiling than the other stuff guys. But yeah, it seems like the trades about this guy. I'm hoping that that I don't know. I'm, I'm nervous about where the outfield situation is going with them not being in on Soto. But yeah. That's yeah. I don't know. It depends on what the, the evaluation of this move will be about what the next move is. Jorge Soler, baby, get him. That's who I want. 
Yeah. See if you if you uh, coop if you, can you scroll up a little bit to like the uh, ten range. Yeah. So so here's yeah, so Winkleman would be the top. Yeah, and we or use no, sorry, uh, Paralis. Prospects, SoxProspects.com, by the way. We're not using Pipeline. Shout out to those guys. They do a great job. But yeah, it goes 9 is Wickelman, then 10 is Yoel and Cespedes, and then 11, it was just updated. Who we got at 11, Coop? We Zanatello. got Zanatello. Yeah, Zanatello, guy who was just drafted. So there's a big, big drop-off. Uh, you could say big drop-off. And then Drohan, which... I don't yeah, know. I mean, Drohan, they didn't even protect in the rule. He might not draft. even be here by the end of the day tomorrow. Yeah, he might he could be gone by uh, yeah. today if you're listening on Wednesday. And then Hickey, he doesn't really have a position. Paulino, whatever. Romero is already dealing with injury problems. Blaze Jordan has upside, but you know struggled a little bit as he moved up. So I like this move a lot, man. The more I think about it, hold on, let me let me back up. I like the move. It's fine. You got three guys for one. Verdugo's a free agent in a year, so. I'm excited about Fitz. You could you could argue that he might be the best pitching prospect the Red Sox have now, which is more of an indictment on their pitching, but still, it's a it's a solid prospect to get. And then you got two more, one guy with control I, too. Uh, I Sox feel like- prospects also just tweeted out or retweeted from this past summer. Uh, Nicholas Judas uh, from Cape Cod League allowed one run, four innings, seven Ks, two walks. Fastball was sitting ninety one, ninety three, which isn't great. Slider 83 to 86, change up split 81 to 84. So, probably at best, uh, bullpen piece down the road. But no, I agree. I think this is completely about fits. I think Weissert is a cool project piece out of the bullpen, a la like Mauricio Yovera. I think the stuff might be there. It's just a bit of fine tuning. But I, I might be in the minority. I'm so happy Alex Dugo is gone. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you just got three arms for him. So I, I, I said it to you guys as soon as we popped into this, uh, into Streamyard. I, the Mookie Betts trade is officially dead. I know people. I really don't care about that. I. They still long. Oh, no, that's true. And you but, could you could just now include Fitz and these other and Weiser and whoever the the other guy. You could include all of that, and it, it goes on forever. Uh, Eric, also, by the way, yeah. Lou Merloni, Lou Merloni just out. echoed. Lumerlini just echoed that he wouldn't be surprised if Verdugo is flipped to San Diego. I think my evaluation okay. trade goes significantly south if the Red Sox just helped the Yankees land on Soto, even if it yeah. might be inevitable. It just I don't, I don't really, I don't really care about that. If they wanted to land Juan Soto, they probably they, they would have gotten him whether or not. I also happen. think that if they make this move, they know that it obviously <laughs> sets them up for uh, for Soto. They probably have a move in their back pocket to be like, all right, if they're getting their nuclear warhead, we're going to get our own nuclear warhead. It's just deterrence. So, I, are you promoting war right now? Uh, yeah, um, salt one and salt two. Go ahead and revoke them. They didn't do anything. You know, I just put in our, uh, our little podcast chat, uh, pitching ninja. This is the uh, the aforementioned tweet from earlier. Uh, Weissert had a nasty sickening slider and he made Gordo's boy Jorge Polanco look very very bad um this year back in April so you know like Pat said project there's some stuff to work with I'm I'm just excited that something happened and we can oh what that's allowed you can do that that pitch oh that's you can that's that's legal in the major league baseball keep replaying it (laughs) oh What a beast, man. 
Probably the best oh, relief pitcher in Major League Baseball as of today. So, yeah. Right. Uh, on so that note, you, let's just wrap it up because we've already got a long episode. Uh, Pat, what? No, no, no. Two things came to mind. Shout out Gabriel Starr. Himes' first move was trading for Alex Verdugo. Breslow's first move or big move was trading away. Alex oh, look at also. Also, I think that Breslow's smart enough to have another move lined up, I would imagine, tomorrow. Because if this is the deal on the tongue for the next week, it's going to get sour for some people. I think he's smart enough to know that the dominoes have to fall now. So I'm so excited. Wrap it there. We're wrapping it there. All right. Appreciate you boys hopping back on. Appreciate everyone listening. Um, all right, back to back to the episode itself. Who knows? But we will be here on Friday. This has been Play Tessie. Toodaloo.